I got something to show you. You got something to show me? Yeah. Ooh. <clears throat> okay. Okay. I, I well, friend, when are you going to unveil it? it? No, I didn't. I, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like see I the, the tips hanging down. Yeah, I, got the the, tips. I got the joint. Yeah, it's kind of. Oh, wow. Yeah, my I, man. I told you I was going to switch it up. I'm not going to say do rag off, though, because no, I don't know. No, they're still, okay, still okay. settling. I keep it fresh. Okay. No, respect. Okay. Yeah, oh, no. You switched it up on I switched it up, bro. No, no. I didn't know you were switching it up like that. I respect that. You know, my hair doesn't do that. No, shout out to you digging back into your roots and getting an African hairstyle. Yeah, man. And connecting with you. I respect yeah, that. Man. I never was able to, you know, my hair just doesn't do that kind of stuff. I've never had long. This is the first time I've ever had braids ever. So yeah, I was man. like, let me switch. My, my hair has no problem growing. So I was uh-huh. like, let me just, let me try. What's it like? Things. Does it hurt? Braiding? Yeah. yeah. Uh, tender headed? No. It's a term the, I've heard the, I've never experienced. The lady asked me as soon as I got in the chair, are you tender headed? Yeah, I said, I don't, uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And he started, it was like, it's nothing. It was just, okay. it's tight. But hard, I mean, like, hard headed. You're hard headed. It's tight. But I mean, like, yeah, it's like, it's tight. But it's other than that. It's, it's cool. Man, you know something? This is really, this is taking me back. Okay, because we can get into, <laughs> what are the things, because I my mom didn't play none of that. So my dad like, didn't have none so of that. So that's what I'm saying. So it's like, <laughs> the things that the things that were not my decision and yeah. what I could and couldn't experience yeah. in a black culture, yeah. um, having braids of any kind. Yeah. So shout out to you kind of kind of uh, rebe- rebelling in your, yeah, in your yeah. older age. Yeah. Uh, never a front, yeah. a, a gold tooth, no. a fang, or no. anything what is not coming into my mom's house. No. Even sagging was like uh, something I did outside of the house. I would never yeah, come actually, in confidently in the house no, with my pants sagging no, down. Man. And it's like, uh, yeah, man, it's just, I think obviously it was well-intentioned. Yeah. But you always feel like, man, I want to be, I want to be in, included. I want to yeah, be involved yeah, yeah. in the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wanted braids young, as a young child. Because it was cool. It was it like, was a, the all the kids have, you know, once the kids, all the, all the girls had braids. Bow Wow was a big, Come you know on. what I mean? So it was like. You can't put Bow Wow in yeah. my face and not expect me to <laughs> right. want the girls to be chasing me around right. with braids too. Right. And my dad was like, we not doing that. Yeah, that's Cause, not. Because you got to take care of it. And it's like, it get. It's a phase where it gets nappy, uh-huh. and it's like they don't look good. We're not doing that, and it costs definitely it costs way more than a haircut, <laughs> yes. than a than a bald the sides and, and le- ball a bald fade. Yeah, no. And then also, not even just braids, getting a cool hairstyle. It was mm. like no, yeah, get a one, and we're gonna go about. No, go you go. want a part? <laughs> no, listen, I don't know what part of the bills you think you pay in here, <laughs> where you think you can ask for special designs in your haircuts. But we're gonna uh, f- sh- cut these sides down to nothingness <laughs> and leave you a little skim of, a, of yeah. a, a shadow of hair on the top, and we're gonna call it a day. You want to fade? Yeah. Oh, you fade your ass outside yeah, you and go get a job <laughs> to pay for a fade. What are we doing? My mom was very like, um, "You will not look like a thug in my house," and yeah. I think that that's uh, internalized racism. Yeah. But I understood where she was coming from because we lived in not the best neighborhood when I was yeah. young, and she just is like. I don't want you to look like all the other kids that are doing bad stuff running around here. I get that. And also don't leave the porch. <laughs> right. So, and, and she created a, a bitch made upstanding citizen, you know, that, that's just, that. well, I mean, I just mean in the terms of breaking the law. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just like, it's, won't a law be broken yeah. by me? Oh, I just, no. I'm not, no. I, I follow the rules no. of the road. Like I don't do that. No, I same. I'm not going to jail. No. I'm not for anything. Like uh, even like a, you know, a ticket that has been over whatever, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not even going to jail. Yeah. Let alone prison. So yeah, yeah man, no, but shout out to you. Oh, I, I want to do something too now. I'm mean, <laughs> I get like a grill or something. Switched, nah, Am I too grill? old to get a grill? No, nah, I don't get a grill. Right, let's okay. No, nah, I just like I was like, let me just try something new. Why not? Like my hair was long. It was already long, but I, I didn't know. My barber told me. I told him what I wanted to do a while ago. Shout out to my barber, by the uh-huh. way. This is my guy. Never it's said that. Before. Always, always great advice. Yeah. But he was like, must hey, be nice. Like, he was like, I was like, I wanted to braid. He was like, I think it's a good look. He, he said, I think it's gonna be a good look. 
He said, also, yeah, once they straighten it out, your hair's going to be long. I was like, I was like, nah. Then once the guy was like, holy shit. I was like, my hair is longer than I thought it was. When he started to straighten, when he started to blow it out and blow it out. I like the look on you when you was growing up. Because the cruddy, when you started, I was like, I like that look. I was trying to And that's why I went for it. Because I liked it. And then you cut it. You, you well, cut mine wasn't cruddy how yours was cruddy. I, it did, though. Yours did, though. You just cut it too early. It. Yeah, I was you cut it too early. I, I bailed. I was you self-conscious about it. I was self-conscious. <laughs> I was like, it's not doing what I want to do, and I'm putting products in it. Because you, you had the cruddy, but you had the fade going into the beard. Mm-hmm. That's why it looked perfect on you. Yeah. And then you cut it, and I was like, all right, well, he just wants to, you know. the. Well, yeah, well, what happened was, <laughs> if we're going to get candid about it, you know, I'm young. My hairline is starting to recede a little bit. Okay. Well, so, all of a hairline no, is starting to you recede, can't bro. The, you can't have the hair, you know, touching the kissing the, the sky of God and then you really can see that it's coming back no, you keep it no, low you no, keep no. it low and no. you can't you can't no, tell that's not true that's All not right, true well you know that's listen and, and also I'm not walking around like George the, Jefferson you need to go to the new barber <laughs> <Am> I, <laughs> listen I'm only I can disrespect the, my barber my barber did not push my hairline back and we're not gonna get into it let's start the show yeah. no obvious we got a problem here and it's more than just Alvin streaming Punisher when life begins to suck who's reporting it luckily you got two friends who you won't forget coming live Alvin and friend on survival laughing non-stop case drops on a cycle louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone how they make the world seem bright with the lights off AFs it might as well stay up lies being told like that dinosaur BS magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us having the time roasting your favorite pizza an option is the wave Take it to the grave Have moving to the place You already know when they take the case Laugh the pain away It's affirmative Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up, Fran? What's going on, man? We're gonna move on. Okay, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're gonna leave it behind. Yeah, man. Because okay. listen, it's like uh, only you can talk about your wife. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> You're not okay. gonna you're not gonna come in here and disrespect right. my wife too. That's not okay. then it's not funny. Okay, I get you that. laugh at the my wife that. drives me crazy, Joe. You don't get to do them to me. I get that. So we're just gonna move on. That's I crazy. That. Hey oh. man, look. If anybody hasn't done this yet, go to the National Museum of African American. Uh, the beautiful Africa. one the, that, we couldn't, that we couldn't go to. Yes, me and Steph went. You made an appointment. Got You got to get your tickets early. We, we thought we could just stroll up in there. I was hot. <laughs> I was then, pissed. Then, I don't know if we came <laughs> with a podcast, no, but it was a group of like eight white people I was pissed. that like walked in merrily. And I'm like, they get to experience my culture and I don't. I got to sit out here. I got to make I was, an appointment. That's that's racist. <laughs> that's racist. That's, that was the most racist thing I think I experienced in 2022. That's racist. I said, excuse me? Yeah, they're like, oh, let's go see the uh, slavery exhibit. Like, y'all get to go see that and I have to sit out here and not go see that with right. my mans? Right. But go. Get your tickets. It's free. Life changing. Go, man. Uh, it was eye opening. Beautiful, mm. beautiful. It had all these different exhibits in there. They did. Uh, it was one that was really touching. He had a, they had a, its own um, exhibit of Emmett Till mm. set up as like his 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 viewings. Uh, oh, uh, that's type. powerful. It had his had the original casket. Oh, really? Had his original casket in there. That's heavy. It was it was a lot of stuff, man. He had Trayvon Martin's um, mm. his, the hoodie. No, he didn't have his hoodie. They had his. He was he wanted to be a. Um, Space, uh, oh, like an astronaut, NASA, NASA oh, wow. something they had because he's, I think, his something about his uncle or something was was in that and, and got he wanted to do it. And he had one when he went to like a little, like a tour, tour like a camp or something of, like that. Got it. And wow. He had it, he had it, they had that on display. Wow. They had, I don't want to ruin it, but they had, um, 
uh, the Black Panther original, um, like the uniform, the uniform that um, I'm blanking on his name. I'm sorry. Um, oh, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman, the suit that he wore in Black Panther movie. He had they had the costume. Oh wow! It was it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. I, I had a great. I didn't even we didn't even get to see. It closes at like. You know, all the museums close. And it's huge. Close, yes, close early. We didn't even get to finish. It was it was beautiful, man. Go. If anybody is close to DC or want to take a trip, go. I I highly recommend it. Yeah, man. I, we got, I gotta I gotta make a trip to that. I, highly we, I mean, we tried. Yeah. Couldn't do it. You know. Yeah. Speaking of black history, friend, did you know they dropped the hip hop last dance on Hulu? No. Yeah, so by that I mean uh the way Michael Jordan in the middle of quarantine, they dropped the last dance to remind people yep. of his greatness. Yes. And we were all stuck in the house and it really it was <laughs> I mean, listen, I grew up in the 90s. I remember Michael Jordan. But when you see it all kind of laid out for you in like six hours, you go, yeah. oh, this really was black Jesus. <laughs> this yeah, dude man. was different. Yeah. And then the, sh- the trash talking and everything like that. Yep. They've made a, I don't know, I'm, on the, I'm only on the first episode, but they made a multi-part Tupac, like life of Tupac docu-series on Hulu. Can't wait. And the first episode was amazing. Yeah. The way the, the first five minutes happens, I'm, he, they have like his friends who were with him in the height of his career telling stories. Yeah. And they tell this story about how he shot somebody. It's like cinematography and the way it's told is so beautiful and the guy tells the story, he gets down on one knee and lets off three shots from like 40 yards away because these two white dudes were beating up this black dude. Mm-hmm. And Tupac was like, I don't think so. Not, not black people in this country all we suffered from. Yeah. And they say he took one knee like a marksman. Fa, fa, fa. From like 50 yards away, he said, I know I hit him. And they went back to the hotel and were chilling. And then the police came to, I'm just going to tell you, whatever, this shit was beautiful. He, so, but they were going back to his hotel to party. Yeah. And they happened to see this black dude being accosted by these two white dudes. Yeah. And so he got out, got his gun and shot at the guys to get him to leave the dude alone. They go back to the hotel and his friends are like, we see the police like pulling up to the hotel and everything like that. And he's in a different zone. He's like just smoking weed, chilling and everything. Yeah. And he said, we can see the police coming into the hotel, coming up to the room. Mm-hmm. And, he, and we're telling him like, Pac, you know, like they're coming to the room. He goes, no, y'all got to hear this new song. <laughs> and they say he put on Dear Mama as the police was coming up the elevator to come arrest him because those two people that he shot were under, they were police officers. Oh, shit. That's when he got in trouble for shooting those police officers. So, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's new to me. He shot two police officers, but he beat it. Damn. Because it was like they were undercover or off duty and they were they had guns. It was yeah. just crazy. So he beat it and so he didn't go obviously he didn't go to jail for the rest of his life. Yeah. And they didn't die. Okay, I about to say it wasn't murder. But that's when he played Dear Mama for a hotel room full of people that had just came from the club while they're telling him, like, yo, this weed in here? Like we gotta go. He's like, No, fuck that. And he put on Dear Mama. The music's playing. Yeah. Man, yeah, it's like you all appreciate. He's like vibing. And the police came and knocked on the door and came and arrested. I was like, this dude is the one. Wow. So just in that kind of moment when we're in the era of like Travis Scott and Drake and all this type of stuff, I think this comes out and you go, oh, it was different. Rapping was different. That these people were like real idols and stood for things. Some of them, obviously, it was like that guy that does the Humpty Hump dance where he didn't, that was his real nose, right? Who, Humpty Dumpty? Yeah, I thought he, no, he had on on the masquerade nose and glasses, right? Like with the mustache. He had on one of those, right? Yeah. Okay, I was just making sure. I didn't want to be. That was, so I didn't want to be racist and be like he had a fake nose. Like that was a fake nose, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the hump. Th- there was like guys that were being silly, but then <laughs> yeah. there were guys that were really stood for something. Chuck D and, yes. and it's Ice Cube and and Tupac and Nas, and this the first episode so far is amazing. It talks about him growing up as a Black Panther. And yeah. His yeah. Mom, it, so I think that's one of those when they do this. I f- well, especially for Michael, I'm not sure for Tupac, but especially for Michael Jordan, it was just like. 
Uh, let's kind of remind LeBron is getting all this mm-hmm. and like the greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Let's, yeah, he's let's kind of let's kind of get this back out there. Mm-hmm. This narrative that Michael Jordan is the greatest. Or mm-hmm. Nobody I mean like a lot of people is not arguing, making an argument, but it's like let's kind of get let's this get the argument started back up again. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's like I think they're doing that for Tupac as well because now it's like you know a lot of hip hop isn't what it used to be. Right, a yeah. lot of but a lot you hear a lot of uh, Jay Z and mm-hmm. when uh, Lil Wayne coming up as who's the greatest. And it's like yeah, we kind of need to. Remind people Remind that people. he wasn't just a guy that was like firefighter, yeah. fire also, lighter, history. baby. The his, yeah. History of hip hop is like for sure. It's more than what it is now. And yeah, we getting older, mm-hmm. kids are younger, and all these other don't new even know who Tupac is. Don't even know who Tupac is. Yeah. So I think this is. I agree with you fully. Yeah. And it's so much deeper so far. The first episode isn't really. It's about his raps, but it's about he wasn't just rhyming. Yeah. Like he was talking about real. As a matter of fact, they real said shit. they said he's the, one of his first rhymes that got him noticed was. The, his friend wrote the first line. His friend was basically rapping about how poor they were and yeah. how depressed he was. And mm-hmm. his friend was like, I'm not fucking putting this shit out. Because there was no Brenda had a ba- Brenda's got a baby, dear mom. Yeah, yeah. There was no songs that were introspective and everything was bravado. Yeah. So before Tupac, making a song where you're like, and my mom's on drugs and I'm hungry and I, what am I going to do? Wasn't a thing. Yeah. That was like, you look like a bum. Like you want right. to sound gold chains, life, I'm the man, whatever. So... Tupac was like, no, man, let me, let me do something with that line. And he took the paper out of the trash, took the first line, and then made, filled it in with his own stuff. Yeah. But he said that first line was so real that he wanted to do something with it. Yeah. And that just speaks to, it wasn't just like, I want to rap. I want to rap. Yeah. He, he had a mission. His music wouldn't land today. It's too deep. It's, it's too deep. The closest thing that I can think of, and, I, and so I disagree with you kind of, is Kendrick Lamar. Because Kendrick's one of the biggest rappers in the world. And there agree, would be no Kendrick I, Lamar I, without I agree Tupac. With that. I agree with that. But I mean, like... Making that type of music when you haven't made a name for yourself yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Kendrick Lamar had to come out and, and rap so crazy, spaz, fast, and That's, blow people's minds exactly. that he was, like, he was spoon-feeding you the consciousness. Exactly. Well, for you to be like, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, because you're like, he raps so good. Exactly. Whatever he's saying, I'll catch that later. But he exactly. just rapped. Tupac was not the best rapper. Right. He was just saying real shit. Yeah. He could rap, though. Don't get like, For sure, twisted. for sure. But like, he wasn't blowing people's minds with right. his rhyme scheme. But I'm saying his type of music. Won't it's it just, wouldn't he it wouldn't be wouldn't. the biggest rapper in the world? He no. would be like an underground rapper, I exactly. think, you know. But it, I mean, he, he was so much more than that, yeah, for sure. And already in the first episode, they tell you like yeah. that thug life thing, and what he was so much deeper than that. Right. It wasn't and his just look is so iconic and all that stuff. It's he just, had a nose ring, nose ring, dudes was dudes were, I mean, he was the hardest dude out for with sure. a gold stud in his nose, yeah, and a bald head. And he was yeah. cute and had like a go, his beard, his goatee yeah. was perfectly good looking guy. He's a good-looking dude, man. You can, you're supposed to be, when you're hard like that, you're supposed to be ugly. I'm not getting knocked out by some pretty dude. Yeah. No, that's not happening, bro. Imagine ASAP Rocky knocking you out. And he's like, I'm the prettiest dude in the world. Like, no, you can't get knocked out by that dude. No, no. No, so, but Tupac was doing that. Spitting on people. He didn't care. He was, he was really like, if you disrespect me, I'm coming with a hundred times disrespect. <laughs> so, like, uh, I really recommend people. It's called Dear Mama. Go check out the, you know, Tupac. Last Dance is what, is what I'm kind of dubbing it. It feels yeah. like that. It feels like it's, we're here to remind people of what real hip hop is. For sure, and, yeah, yeah. You know, the origins of rap and the 90s and, and, and his legacy. And I thought it was, and I think it's beautiful. And it also is like centered around his mom's influence in his life. Okay. That's why it's called Dear Mama and yeah, like yeah. how she was a Black Panther. And so she, inst- everything that he stood for that we learned about, she, he got from her. Because mm. she was this righteous Black woman. Yeah. And, and, Trying to fight the good fight, and you know it was just—it was a really beautiful uh, first episode. And I'm looking forward to finishing. Did it he off. have kids? He didn't have kids, did he? Mm-mm. Okay. Not I that I know so. if he did. No, none, no legitimate ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not, nobody to like say Damn. this is my son. Yeah. You know, Biggie Smalls had two kids, right. so I don't think Tupac had any kids. And also, you look at pictures of Tupac, and they're like, "That's a 24 year old dude at his height." Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm older than Tupac ever was in his life, and he still looks like so much more of a man than me. And I think yeah. that's just because yeah. I respect him so much that yeah. I don't see... I mean, a 24-year-old dude is a kid to me. If somebody comes to me and say they're, 20, they're 24 years old, they look like a baby. Yeah. But Tupac will always look like just this strong man. Yeah. Didn't sound like he didn't talk and... No, uh, he was, his mind, everything about him, yeah. he, was, he, was, he, was, he had been here before. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, nothing but love and respect to Tupac. Maybe we should do that someday. We should go dive into that someday because that's a true crime story, tragically. But yeah, man. Yeah. Might dive into that someday and really pay it the respect that it's due. Right. But, uh, yeah, um, did you have anything you want to touch on? I did want to touch on something, but it was kind of touched on back to what the, uh, the museum I went to. Mm-hmm. There was a picture that I wanted to talk to you about and I wanted the listeners to um, kind of... I've, I've never been to a place where the people around me, when I see these people, like because the reason why you don't get... You don't get through this museum because it's a lot of. If you really want to be, you know, into, immersed in immersed, it, and, you got to read. Take it's a, time. There's a lot of reading and kind of sure. like observing. Like if stuff. you skim it, you could it, get through it quickly, but you're not right. supposed to. You're not supposed to. And it's like there was, you know, in DC with the Smithsonian museums, there are a lot of field trips and his kids are nervous. It's like, I think they should limit that, right? So that people can get up on the the plaques and read. Yeah, and, because a, the, a lot of ki- and most of the kids that were there were white. Mm. Well, you know, if the, the school's probably like, let's get you some culture, probably, and it's just not any. You can tell. I'm not saying that they I'm, didn't care. at my age. I'm like, yeah, say it, bro. Let's go say it. It's just, it just, they, they, didn't. they didn't really care, bro. It's just like, oh, I think they're too. How, were they like kids? Kids? Like, like teen, like teenage? Oh, teenage? Kids. Oh, that's then that's that's sad. I teenage thought you were saying kids. like eight or something like that. No, I'm like, yeah, like teenage kids was like, oh, the 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 sports. Section yeah. of it is like, oh, LeBron James shoes. Mm-hmm. And it's like Jesse, J- they into uh, that. Jackie Robinson. Into that, you see yeah. that, but it's like, there's no other other stuff mm-hmm. like, you know, shackles and from slavery and stuff like, like this that. This is sad. They're not, they're no not, thanks. They're not reading that thing. And this isn't like, lit at all. There was a picture that I, and I'm going to show you the two pictures. These are two pictures, right? Mm. Have you seen these pictures before? No, but they're beautiful. Now, these are pictures of like, it looks like artists. a uh, black two black boys with birds on their head in a bird cage. In a in a bird cage. That's right? beautiful. Right. So I'm gonna read you the like caption of the the pictures. Those, are, those that's just beautiful artwork. But I'm sure it it's is. something tra- depressing that you're about to read. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. It's like a red bird cage and then a black and white photo of a boy with a bird like it's a graph to his head. Yes. Like they're one. A bird. So yeah. next to the picture it says these are the artists. His name is Rashawn Rucker, right? Mm-hmm. And it says Rashawn Rucker is best known for his work. Dealing with black male identity and social conditioning. Mm. In his uh, psychological redlining series, he merged portraits of African-American men with images of rock pigeons. Mm. Rock pigeons are generally viewed as urban, unclean, Mm. and nuisances. Mm. Rucker asserts that people perceive black men much the same way. Mm. Essentially, pigeonholing them psychologically mm. into a space where they don't belong. The red cages framing each portrait uh, relates to redlining a systematic real estate policy, demarcating communities of color by red lines on a map to limit access to home, mm. I'm sorry, home loans, insurances, and even grocery stores. Mm. Rucker says he's created these images to communicate while we as black men often don't fly, even though we have the ability to go far and beyond our circumstances. Mm. That was the most damn, and it looks like a birdcage, and it looks like a house. Now that you say that, and I had no idea it had anything to do with redlining. That's fucking deep, deep as fuck, man. Damn, and I and I read. And it's this. like they treat you like what what you end up acting like. Exactly. Damn. So I saw these pictures, right? And I went, you know, oh, okay. I get the, I, the I just didn't. You wouldn't be able to look at that. And no, go, I think this that. Is what this, right? No. And Stephanie, come in. I went. 
He said, read this. I said, right. I said, and I walked away going, damn. Yeah. A white lady comes behind me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that she, you know, but she read that. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and I look, and I watched two people read that after me. I asked uh-huh. me and it's just two different experiences. Two different experiences. Yeah. Like they did. It's like you can t- maybe, uh, maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but just based on my point of view, you looked at those people and go, like, it wasn't a visceral reaction. They the just, way you'd had exactly. It. They might have had a small feeling inside, like, hmm, wow, that's deep. Yeah, but they didn't. It didn't rock them. That rocked uh-huh. me, and I wasn't there. Exactly. That rocked me from you reading it to me and showing exactly. me a picture of it on your phone. Exactly, man. And I'm because it's just, it's so accurate. Right. Those words. Yeah, man. And like, and, and if you grew up in the city at some point or whatever, mm-hmm. you kind of look but back. The part, that's just, co- the part that's so cold about that is like, you don't know. Like, you don't know why it's seven o'clock at night and you're going to the, the corner store to get a donut and a soda for yeah. dinner. Like, that's why, why that's just like normal bad eating. And why there, why don't, why aren't there no produce store? Why can't I see a, a apple, a, yeah. a bin of apples just out for people to take? And why is there no food for miles? We got to get in a cab or something like. It's just these neighborhoods and neighborhoods. It's only neighborhoods for miles yeah. and miles and miles yeah. until you get to like going to a grocery store. Is this whole trek? Yeah, you know, yeah. Everything they section you off, but you don't know it. You're just like, this is the environment that I know. Yeah, and everything that comes along with that just becomes normal to you, and you don't realize how systemic it is. And then when you grow up and you become that, you don't even blame anybody. You just go, this was always what I was meant to be. Yeah, yeah, man. Please go, go, yeah. man. Please, it's, it was it was a very. I gotta go back because there's a Oprah Winfrey Oprah Winfrey type of. Uh, oh, she got a whole wing. Yeah, I didn't miss. I didn't. We, we didn't have time. It yeah. was time to go. Shout out to Opie Dub. Go, man. Go. Yeah, man. no, that's powerful. I, I definitely learned a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Shit. Yeah, that's fucking deep. Well, um, we don't have any Patreon shout outs this week, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back. We're gonna get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeInABook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my mylifeinabook.com journey, and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions, and, you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P, at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time, that's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. 
All right, and we are back. Fran, would you like to set this one up as this was your choice and, and you, you were really excited when you called me about this one? Yeah. This, like, I, just really grabbed your attention? Yes, this is the story of Brian Williams, a, uh, a.k.a. Bison Dele. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching the basketball game the other night, mm-hmm. and you know, after the basketball game, TNT show comes on, and it just keeps, after that, it just gets to like 1, 1, 1.30, whatever. Right. And document, I've seen a documentary before, but it came back up. About this guy, Brian Williams, who was an NBA player mm-hmm. and just like disappeared. Yeah. And, but that's kind of like the gist of the, the whole thing. But if you want to kind of start it off. Yeah, we're going to get into it for sure. Um, uh, so uh, like Fran said, this is the story of Brian Williams. We'll get into his name change eventually, but uh, we're going to start with that. So he was born on Easter Sunday in 1969. And as a young boy, his parents divorced and his mother, Patricia, remarried and relocated to raise her two sons in Fresno, California. As a junior, he relocated to Las Vegas to attend Bishop Gorman High School, which was a school that he hoped would give him a better shot at a college scholarship. I know you familiar with that school? Mm-mm. Okay. No, but I have to imagine that all those AAU kids do that. Like they'll go do a year here, go sw- switch to this school, try to get some tape. Like that's kind of the yeah, that's yeah. kind of the circuit, which yeah, is crazy yeah. at such a young age. I mean, the kids are doing that in middle school at this point. Like kids are moving around, traveling to get tape at young ages because. I don't know if it's legal or not, but there are colleges giving like promissory, promissory scholarships to kids that are like 13, 14 years old, where they're coming and scouting them and being yeah. like, we can't make, we can't say, we can't make anything legal right now, but you, when you, if you keep at this pace, we'll see you at Duke. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they're getting those kind of um, call, phone calls and meetings at like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. So it's a whole hustle. Speaking on that, just a side note here, if anybody listening to this who has kids playing sports mm-hmm. that are black, watch out for these people that are coming to your home. That are in this co- in this college. They'll tell you all the bullshit. Tell you all the bullshit. And they don't give a shit about you. And are racist. Mm. One came out of those racist is like this guy's been all all kinds of black people's house recruiting their kids. Kinds, I'm gonna take care of your son like they're mine. Yeah, and then he pops up on a you know on the news saying the n word and saying that you know Atlanta is just full of black people. It's just be aware of shit like it's like you can't. It's hard for you to tell. Yeah. From the outside, that's, well, that's like, why like I have no respect for the collegiate yeah. system. Yeah, because that is all it is. They just need bodies, yep. and mostly black bodies, yeah. to fund their billion dollar pro- sports program. Pay them nothing. If they tear their ACL, they will revoke their scholarship. Yep, and leave them high and dry, and then go get another kid that's like similar in speed and size and height, and just boom, take him, place him in here. Yeah. So they'll come into your home and tell you your kid's so special, and we've never seen somebody as gifted as him. And when in reality. There's always a new kid out there that they can take and put in their D2 program or their D1 program. So they're coming in your house and telling you bullshit. Yeah. Or or let me not say that, but it's up to you to discern that. Yeah. Because a lot of times it is. Yeah. Because they just need a body. Yep. So don't get it twisted and don't think that, you know, don't fall for that. I'll I'll take care of them like my own because you might be talking to a fucking con man. Anyway, so uh, Brian Williams averaged 17 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, Two and a half steals and nine blocks per game in his senior season, shooting 57.7% from the field, which is like godlike. I don't know. I know we have a lot of listeners who might not be in the basketball, but averaging 17 and nine blocks is, and then 12 rebounds yeah. is freak of nature level stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the kid was 6'11. He had this, uh, this huge growth spread. His first, at first, he was a, a, like a college or like a high school. He was on the sprint, like a track team. Mm-hmm. And then he got so tall that it, I guess it was weird or bad for his knees. Or so he stopped running track, mm-hmm. which. But again, it's this thing where you're fast enough to run track, and then all of a sudden you're six eleven. So yeah. your body's made to do things. So he was kind of a, a ahead of his time, yeah, because he was playing in the '90s and he was this freak athlete, yeah. When in a time where that wasn't really a thing, right? 
Everybody just kind of had their role. He wasn't making them like that. No, no, no. He was like a Giannis <laughs> Antetokounmpo yeah. in 1995, which there's no use for him because they're not really going to give him the ball. He just is out there to do his thing. Right. But 17, 12, and 9 is crazy, especially for the 9 to be blocks. Yeah. But also keep in mind, this is high school and he's a freak. So he's playing. <laughs> That's why like, I remember I saw a high school, uh, you know, they had the hoop mixtapes. Yeah. And it was a kid that was like 14, but he was 7 feet tall. Yeah. And he's blocking people's shot and crazy. doing finger wags. Yeah. That's like Come on, bro. That this, kid's five this seven. Is not fair, man. Don't don't be cocky. Just do your thing, but don't be a dick about it. Yeah, because yeah. you just you do should just be like, I know. I'm just I'm just you got a God. I'm gift. I'm I'm from God. Yes. Like you guys are exactly. you guys are normal people. Yeah. Let me just be humble. You do that at the next level. Keep that fire inside you, but don't. <laughs> you can't smack a a fourteen. If you beat my fucking shot off the glass, and we're in JV high school basketball, yeah. and I'm five seven. Yeah. Like I'm really gonna put my hands on my hips and be like, really. Are you yelling like an ant? You're like, ah, you're doing the Kevin Garnett yell. I'm a boy. Right. <laughs> you have the body of like a, something from Harry Potter. <laughs> so anyway, um, like I said, so uh, um, in his senior year, he transferred to St. Monica Catholic High School in Santa Monica, California, where his jersey was retired after one year. Wow. So this, <laughs> he's putting up crazy numbers. Yeah. Uh, his collegiate basketball career began at the University of Maryland where he played for one year before sitting out the next season while transferring to the University of Arizona, which is a notorious party school, but I don't have any information on that, but definitely Gilbert Arenas went there, Richard Jefferson went there. Yeah. yeah. I know, I think Rob, Rob Gronkowski went there. Some dudes had a lot of fun at Arizona. After playing two seasons at Arizona, Williams was drafted with the 10th pick in the first round of the 1991 NBA draft to the Orlando Magic. He saw limited action during his two seasons in Orlando, and after playing for Orlando, Williams joined the Denver Nuggets, for whom he played two seasons as well. In 1993-94 season, he played a career-high 80 games and averaged eight points per game. Williams then played one year for the Los Angeles Clippers, earning increased playing time and averaging 15.8 points per game. Solid season. Solid season. Yeah. A great guy. Yeah, it's a great guy to have available to you on your team. Yeah. So again, it's kind of turning into like a journeyman a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's, a, it's a guy you want on your team. Yeah. Now he's been in the league a couple of seasons, getting to veteran status. He's a, you know, a solid guy to just have a, you know, on your bench. Right. Due to a contract dispute and reports that Williams was asking for too much money, he could not find a team at the beginning of the 1996-97 season, sitting out most of the season. He was then talk about a blessing. He was the, so you'd sit out, nobody wants you, whatever. So you come and you take like the veteran minimum. Right? Yeah. He was then signed by the Chicago Bulls nine games before the end of the season, right in time for playoffs. Perfect. My, the dynasty, this is, they're, they're on the run for their fifth championship, and you get picked <laughs> up by a team that's like, everybody knows Mike is back. This right. is Mike back year. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're gonna, I'm going to win a championship. Nine games left in the season, and they yeah. come pick you up. They, oh, God bless. So now you're going to get all the TV time. Oh, yeah. You're going to reinvent your career. Yep. And so he was picked up by the Chicago Bulls and became an important backup player in the Bulls' run for their fifth championship. So not only did he get picked up, he was effective in the run. Yep. So he really resurrected his career. Yeah, man. I think Steve Kerr said, you know, sometimes you pick people up, but I think Steve Kerr said they wouldn't have won that championship without Brian. All of them said that. All of them said that? that, Okay, well then. then, Scotty Pippen, all of them said that. Okay, well then, then, hey, all right, well, now take back what I said. (laughs) I thought Steve Kerr was just trying to be nice. He was trying to make somebody feel good. They're like, no, this guy was everywhere. This guy's a freak. (laughs) So, uh, Brian's up-and-down NBA career had finally taken an upswing. He was an NBA champion, and he could be linked to a relationship with pop legend Madonna. Life was good. Now, I'm not too familiar with Madonna. Okay. I know who she is. Uh I know a little bit of her work. She was the one. Okay. She was her. That was was, going to be my She was her. 
I mean, Madonna in 1995, 1985. That's all. That's the only name I. She was Rihanna. Madonna was Rihanna. She was it. Damn. Yeah, no, Madonna was it. She, she was, was in it. movies and I mean, and I don't even necessarily know how bad if she I don't even know if people of course people thought she was bad cuz she was one of the biggest people in yeah. in the world. It was like her and Janet Jackson were like it. Yeah. But she was so big, but also she was like eclectic. She was in in she she hung out with she made like gay anthems. She was this like that's why Dennis Rodman fucked with her. Yeah. Cuz she was just this unique person. She did Michael Jackson too, right? Oh, I don't know. That's I the, think she's so. yeah, she's got an interesting lineup, you know, of that. Um she was like Rihanna. She was she was it, huh? She was the she was the one. And for her to be dating this dude, I mean, good for him resurrecting his career, but Dennis Rodman was that dude. He was that dude. So this guy wasn't that dude. He was on a good team. And I think she I think Dennis Rodman her I don't think I don't know how official her and Dennis Rodman were. They also they both kind of freaky. So Dennis Rodman was probably like, <laughs> Yeah, we had her fun, but you know, if you like Brian, that's cool. Ugh, that's, 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 cool. that's cool too. That's cool too. You can you can you can date you can date Brian too. That's that's fun. That's you do your fun. You have your fun. And she was like, Okay, Dennis. And he had a wedding dress on and then he left the, he left the room. He was that dude though. Yeah, so Brian Williams seems more like a square, like a chill guy and everything yeah. like that. And you know, when you win a championship and Michael Jordan saying, I wouldn't have won the championship without you, your phone rings. Yeah. So, you know, life was good. Life was on the upswing for Brian. So in 1998, after a brief disappearance, he changed his name to Bison Dele to honor his Native American and African ancestry and played his final season under that name, walking away from an NBA contract worth $36 million mm. on the table from the Detroit Pistons. He just was like, um, and you know something? I respect his reasoning behind it. What, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What, uh, what Bison had said is that he was never really passionate about basketball. He was just a really gifted athlete, which he was. He was 6'11", 260 pounds, could run up and down the floor, great re He just had a gift. Yeah. And he used that gift to make a lot of money. And yeah. when he felt like he had earned enough money, he was like, I don't like the interviews and the traveling. I'm doing, I don't like this lifestyle and I don't want to play basketball anymore. And so I'm out. At 30 years old, he still had enough time to, he had a $36 million contract. Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of players, I'm sure there's, Positive players like that in the NBA now, mm -hmm. but won't take that bold decision because of the social media. Oh yeah, yeah, they'll the they'll kill they they'll kill you. They're like you left what on the table? Yeah, but they don't talk about like I remember when this is we're going to talk a lot of sports this episode, so sorry. But Dennis Schroeder, who plays for the Los Angeles Lakers again, was playing for the Los Angeles Lakers a couple years ago and was on the team when they won. No, the year after they won a championship, yeah, the bubble championship, and he was playing great. And he was asking for like $100 million. And they offered him 84 and he was like, no, you can pay me what I want. And then they didn't pay him. Yeah. And then nobody paid him. Nobody. And everybody was like, damn, man, they, had, they were making memes of him like oh, yeah. sitting on, like he was homeless. And I'm like, do you know how much money he made before this contract? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's fine. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those kind of things where when you're a prisoner of the moment and that's the news, like he retired and he left $36 million. I was like, you left what? But yeah. I, he obviously made enough money. That he was happy and comfortable. Yeah, you know, you, just you, you can't spend anymore. it all. Just, you can't spend it yeah, all. And he just didn't want to play anymore. And he, yeah, he and didn't. He never liked it. Yeah. And it imagine being so good at something that makes you that much money. You're just like, I don't even like doing this. But no, I'm just that, if people will pay me to do it, so like, I'll, I'll do it. But and uh, Shaq Shaquille O'Neal was drafted after him mm -hmm. in a '92 draft on the same team. And then after the news came out that he retired and left all this money on the table, Shaq was like, he didn't have a whole bunch of jewelry. Mm -hmm. He didn't have. He had a car that he had. That's like his first car. He didn't mm -hmm. have like a huge house. He was like humble guy. He saved his money. Yeah, he saved all his money. That's why he was able to make that decision mm -hmm. to just retire. Crazy money in the bank. Yep. Like his whole whatever contracts he had has all of it, and set. And it's something I respect about that. Where you go, you know, I'm not going to say any specific athletes, but you're he you're heckling and arguing, and obviously you should get your money. You should get the, what the market demands, and, and and you know the the team is making a billion dollars, so you should get paid. But if at some point you got to go. 
I'm making more money than I ever would have seen myself making. You know, like if I didn't go, if I didn't, if I wasn't playing this sport, what would I be doing? And Brian Williams seems like a, an intelligent guy and a cool, chill guy, and he's smart with his money. So maybe he would have been fine no matter what. But being a six eleven dude who's a, a CPA doing people's taxes is kind of a waste. <laughs> so he was like, "I'm gonna go and get my money, and then when I've made enough money, I'm out of here." Yeah. And he did that at 30 years old, retired for the rest of your life, done. So he spent his retirement doing the things he loved. Playing the saxophone, violin, and trumpet. So this guy's very eclectic. Yeah. Uh, he loved adventure traveling with all that money. Just like, I'm going to go to Peru. I'm going to just go wherever I and want. And do whatever I want there. <laughs> like, that's, man. Oh, that's a dream. I'm man. so jealous. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Like, that's, man. Like I can wake up anytime I want. I have plenty of money. I'm going to go to Mexico, and everywhere I stay is going to be a five-star villa, and people driving me around with security. No I also don't even need security, because you don't wear jewelry. Nobody knows who you are. Yeah. Like, no responsibilities. I can just hop on. Man, look. A dream. He's like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good man. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to have to do nothing for the rest of their life at 30 right. years old? <laughs> what? <laughs> and not do nothing and be like, you know, I've got to watch my money and stuff. Like, you got to watch your money, but you got to watch your millions. Not yes. living a modest life and living in a small house. And, no, just don't, don't buy million-dollar cars and houses and stuff right. like that, and you're going to be fine. Make some good investments. You can start real estate. He could do whatever he wanted Anything. 30, years, 30 old. years old. Life wide open. Beautiful. It's beautiful. This guy's story is beautiful. Obviously, we're telling it, so we're going to get to... It's, it's going to get not beautiful in a little bit, but let's keep riding the high. Yeah. He even earned a pilot's license. So he's young. He he's just he's just trying shit, you know? Why not? Why not, man? <laughs> I'll tell you like this. If I, if this if my life had gone this way and I was 6'11 or whatever and had the same mindset as him and I, and I retired, I'd jump out of a plane at 30 years old. Just be trying. Just fuck it, man. Like, I mean, why not? Like, shit, you know, my life's so good. I, this can't go wrong. Yeah. Sometimes when you just live an okay life, you're like, I don't know. I don't want to fall out of the, parach- the, the plane and the parachute doesn't open up. But when God's blessed you, you're 6'11", yeah. it's 260, you're like, what could go wrong? I mean, life's been so great already. Like, I mean, I, this parachute's going to open up twice. Yeah, that's that, that's where I would go. I'm not jumping out of a plane. Okay, because I got too much. Going yeah, I got, I got too much. I'm not giving all this up. Madonna's on the at home and on the, in the bed. Like, nah, like, <laughs> I'm due for something yeah, to go like, wrong. No, that's a good point. Like, <laughs> life's been going too good. Like, I'm not going to put myself in a position to like. I'm not opening up umbrellas and doors. <laughs> no, you're right. I take back what I said. I'd be living a very cautious life. Actually. Yes, I take sure. back what I said. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not jumping out of the plane. I take it back immediately. That's a good point you bring. I'm like, yeah, your life has been too good. Like, you're due. You're due for some bad shit. And don't put yourself in a position. <laughs> right. Let me go to Cartel Mexico yeah. and like I don't I'll speed it up. Nah, <laughs> fuck that. So uh he would eventually take up sailing and purchase a 50-foot catamaran. Mm. Somewhere around July 7th of 2002, Bison, his girlfriend Serena Carlin, the captain of the boat, uh Bertrand Saldo, and his brother and Bison's brother, Miles DeBoard, formerly known as Kevin Williams, were sailing near a small island west of Tahiti. Yeah. So let, let's, I, I did want to bring up before we get in, cause you know, some people go, they'll hear the story and go like, what, what happened? Cause some, cause some people go like, it had to be something going on for this guy just to leave money to retire from mm-hmm. the NBA, which is like a dream, a dream to leave so much money on the table that people would love to, would, you know, wouldn't think about twice of having that much money. So, uh, um, I think it's less than 5,000 people that have played in the NBA ever. You know what I mean? Like it's something really something crazy. Like it's not that many. People. It's a it's such a such a dream. That's crazy. Yeah. But uh, uh, Bison, with his early success on the court, he did have he was he was um, diagnosed with clinical depression. Okay. So I kind of want to put that out there. So he did have some type of ment- some mental health issues for sure. And there was a time when um, during a flight, 
he went to the like the they they fly they fly private. Mm-hmm. He went to the door and was like, I wonder what happened if I open this. I open in this. the sky. In the sky. I don't know if I happened to open this door. Man, the way he would have got jumped. And then people went like people already had some suspicions le- like something. Of him. He's off. Like he's off mm-hmm. a little bit. And it was like he did they when he did that, they was like, Trade him. Let's keep an eye on yeah. him. <laughs> Because something is not right. He stared at that door handle a little too long. Too long. Yeah. Uh, the whole flame was just got up. It was like, oh, what am I if I just open this shit? It's like, nah, that's then as, after that, they kind of kept an eye on mm-hmm. him and was like, something's not right with this guy and make sure he doesn't sit. You're going to catch the bus from now on. Yeah, <laughs> sit in the back of the plane or don't <laughs> and sit don't get up. near the door. Because <laughs> the way I'm going to rock your jaw, if I see you walk to the front of this plane yeah. while it's in the sky, is not going to be funny. Yeah, so you could say, you know... Yes, he lived in a life that he wanted to live, mm-hmm. but it's like but he had his own mental battles that he was dealing with. Right. And was. I would I I would say I've come a long way um in understanding the journey of mental health because I remember when I was like 19, there was this dude I was sure was going to be the next LeBron James. Yeah. His name was Royce White. And yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time, I had a lot of disparaging things to say about him yeah. because he wouldn't fly. He had anxiety. Yeah. But at in 2011 or whatever that was, it's like anxiety, man. If you don't go in, <laughs> they paying you to go. You know, you better get yeah. on as good as you are. Yeah, I mean, this dude was really he. He was kind of ahead of his time. He was like for a point sure. forward. Yeah. Like I just thought, he, I thought his game was beautiful, and he was not in the league for more than like a year or two. Oh. He just he would catch a bus to the games. He would not fly, and then everybody on TV is like, "This guy won't fly." He was like a fifteenth pick. Yeah, and at the time, I just it was uh, unbelievable to me. I was like, you're just wasting this opportunity. You're yeah. wasting this talent. And yeah. now as I got older, you go, bro, if your job is every week for, for six months out of the year and then after uh, off season, if you don't live in the city where your team is, right. you're catching a plane every week or being in front of a crowd makes you have a debilitating anxiety attacks. You can't do the job. Yeah. This idea that no I, you way. know, and I was like 19. I'm like, suck it up, man. Like, what do you mean? You're you scared. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just was like, it was Whatever really it yeah. insensitive, but you know, when you get older, you start to understand that it's deeper than what you're portraying it to be. Right. So I just wanted to speak on, you know, sometimes you get it wrong. And yeah. that was one time I got so, it wrong. Yeah, yeah. But shout out to Royce White, very talented yeah. dude. And, you know, hope he's doing all right out there. So uh, all that is known is that Bison and his girlfriend and the um, the captain of the ship and his brother were sail, sail, bless your friend, were sailing on this island uh, west of Tahiti. Anything beyond that is a mystery. But Bison's boat was found abandoned. And Miles DeBoer rose a lot of suspicion after flying home to the U.S. from Tahiti and shortly after signing his brother's name while trying to buy $152,000 worth of gold in Phoenix, Arizona. Gold? Yeah. Because I I think it's this idea that this is why it's suspicious to me. (laughs) Gold is like, a at least in the 90s, people still believe gold is this universal currency. Like You could take gold anywhere. It's almost like buying diamonds. Yeah. And you go, I can go to Morocco or Germany and it's, instead of having a big bag full of cash, yeah. I have, well, $152,000 worth of gold. I don't know. That's probably a couple of gold bricks. Yeah. But gold bricks are heavy. Yeah. So it's just crazy. I don't know what he's going to do with this gold. Unless it was a gold chain or something like that. But it didn't say that. It said $152,000 worth of gold. Is it worth more than money? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. That's a whole thing I don't get into. Because, <laughs> see, the, the, the standard for U.S. currency isn't gold anymore. It used to be. Now it's debt. Okay. So it's just made up. Yeah. It's like the the US owes this much money to yeah. everybody around the world. So that's how much money we are worth because we have to pay that back eventually. Yeah. So we just print the money up and there's nothing backing it. It's not like for it used to be like for every one dollar that's printed, there's a the Federal Reserve has a piece of gold worth a dollar. Yeah. But that's not the case anymore. Mm. So okay. 
But I, I don't even know if that was the case in, 19, in 2002. So, but I guess it, maybe it still was. Either way, this guy, his brother's missing. He flew home and abandoned the boat in Tahiti. And now he's in Arizona like a month later buying gold and signing his brother's name, who's missing. Yeah. So very odd. So uh, Miles DeBoard also had a short career in the NBA, but was not nearly as successful as his brother, Bison. In part, well, Bryce, uh, Bison, formerly known as Brian Williams, just to be clear. So his brother, Bison. Uh, in part because of his asthma, making him always in the shadow of his older brother. Or yeah. I think they were twins. Were they twins? I, I don't really catch that. I so I think he, he, he looked like. But he Bison didn't. was older, probably. Yeah, yeah. And well, his brother, however. Both huge human beings. Like Crazy. One of them, I think Brian was 6'11", and his brother was 6'8". Man, God bless her mom. <laughs> and whoever the, the, the dad is that she divorced, their genes combined. Like, yeah. shit. That's such a... I, I don't even want that height. That's, you're a freak. If you don't go to the NBA, you're just walking around. I saw a dude, I was at the farmer's market this weekend. He was like, probably 6'11". And it's terrifying. And he was like a, he was just like a guy. So his knees were kind of knocked and stuff. Yeah. Like he wasn't like a, that's why I think LeBron James and Deionis Antetokounmpo are so scary. Because they're huge, but you know, uh, they're not long, you know, like a bowl bowl or yeah, yeah. these guys where they're like long and skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so thick and yeah, look thick. sturdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy was like frumpy. Knees are not, not, I mean, is that, a, I, mean, I don't know if that's a condition that happens I think that, well, time. I mean, I know not knee people that are like five, six. So, you know. I'm talking about like, is that like a condition that you get Probably you get older? your legs grow too long. And is that what it, just, it is? It's weird. I don't know. Yeah. But this guy was, he, it just looked, it looked hurt. It looked like it hurt to be him. And I heard people hate that too. I heard people when, when they go like, if people ask them. Uh, things people. about their medical, like, no, like oh. that tall people when they go like, you play basketball. Oh, I heard, I heard, no, tall people hate that. Like yeah. they, they can't. Like I work at Kroger, I bag groceries. I'm just a normal person. I'm just tall. That That's would make me mad. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, yeah. I'm saying as the person who's asking. Just oh, okay. I'm like, you didn't do nothing. Nothing. Nah, no, no. <laughs> Real talk. I would be the same. I way. would be mad. So like, you, you could, you, he would be this guy that at the farmers market would be a guy that would be mad at me because I'd be like, yeah. You didn't even go get like a D2 Scott. Something. Volleyball? Volleyball. I was about to, exactly. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, you just wasted that? Yeah. Take advantage that's of it. That's a gift. Take advantage of it. Come on, that's crazy. Now you got me mad. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, he was uh, Miles DeBoard, had mm -hmm. always been in the brother of his, in the shadow of his brother. He changed his name as well. And um, I think maybe being in the shadow of his brother, then his brother changes his name for this deep reason, and he has this resurrected NBA career, and you're only known as Bison... Dele's brother, and I think he changed his name too because he didn't want to be known as that name because that's what everybody knew him. Kevin Williams, Brian Williams' younger brother, a.k.a. Bison Dele's younger brother. Yeah. Or brother of whatever kind. Probably worse if you're the older brother. Yeah. That's definitely worse. If you're the older brother and you're in your brother's shadow, that probably really does something to your ego. But I think it might do something either way, being in somebody's shadow. But I think, I think so. what do you think? I think either way. I think older. Because like you're supposed to have... I think it doesn't matter like why I'm just saying you? you're the big brother imagine your younger brother sunning you and being like oh for sure for sure you need some rent money this week or you need a job or whatever you know it's like I'm supposed to look out for you yeah 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 so DeBoard was regarded as the only living person who knew what really happened on that boat he told his mother that no one would believe his story and then less than two months later on September 14th 2002 he was found near a Tijuana border crossing after allegedly intentionally overdosing on insulin he was rushed to the hospital where he was in, uh, diagnosed to be in a coma, and the family informed uh, the, I mean, the doctor informed the family that he would not come out of this coma. Two weeks later, Miles DeBoard was taken off life support and died surrounded by family praying. With his death, investigators lost their key witness in the disappearance of Dele, his girlfriend, Serena, Cl Serena Carlin, and the boat's skipper, Bertrand Saldo. The prevailing theory is that DeBoard killed the three of them, Possibly by making them jump ship at gunpoint and deserting them in the middle of the ocean, yeah. which is like so hateful. Yeah. You know, like that is 
to just leave your brother to drown. And, and, you know, but we don't know if that's what happened. I mean, anything that happened, he shot him on the boat and threw him off. Anything that happened is terrible. But that specifically is so heartless. Bison, Serena, and Bertrand's bodies have never been recovered. And, um... Yeah, I think, um... I did, there was a couple other theories that that were circulating about that whole situation Mm -hmm. where he might have held them at gunpoint and, you know, made them jump off the ship Mm -hmm. with shark infested waters. Mm. And there was another one where he said that him and his brother got into a fight. Mm -hmm. The girlfriend that was there tried to spring up the fight. Okay. They pushed her off. She hits her head on, she hits her head on like a um, boat cleat Mm. and dying from her injuries. And then they had the, they had a, uh, the um the skipper the guy was driving the skipper the, mm-hmm. and he was like we got to go back you to, know to report this report and he was like bison panicked mm-hmm. and beat him to death with a wrench no miles that's what you're, you're no, saying no, no. bison did it? bison beat killed the the shipper uh-huh because he panicked because he was like we have a dead body on it and then he went to attack his brother What's his brother's name? Miles. Miles. Uh-huh. And Miles had a gun and Miles shot. Miles the board. Miles the board shot Bison. That is. And killed him. And then he tied. He, there were weights that he found on the boat. Mm-hmm. And he tied them to the weights and threw them that into the water. That is a really cold-blooded theory that, I mean, that, that's completely different. That's that what mean, he Miles, said. That means. That that's means what he said. Miles the board didn't do anything. <laughs> and that's, he and said that's that, He was saying that he, that was self-defense. That's what he's going like. He. I think that's a that little was, bit of that's an what he said. That was self defense because he thought his brother was going to kill him. I know that. Uh, his, why, also, why did you have a gun on a boat when your brother's paying for the boat? It's his boat, and you guys are in this beautiful vacation. Why did you have a boat, a gun? But anyway, it, it's like, um, of course he said that. I don't know. What do you think? You believe that? I don't know, man. I they said they found. So either way, there's the a gun. That's yeah. the, the. That's just. Either way, there's a gun. So both are equally plausible because we'll never know what really happened. Yes. So what do you think is more likely? That he lost his mind or whatever, got a gun and was like, everybody get off the boat. Or they were fighting. They, they push his girlfriend. She hits her head and dies immediately. Yeah. The skipper says we need to go back and report this. And then Bison Dele beats that guy to death on his own boat, I guess, in theory, because he doesn't want his life to be ruined. And that's his girlfriend. And that, but like, why wouldn't you want to go get her help? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like you automatically like, fuck her. About, it's about me. I'm killing another person, making this way worse. Yeah. I, I, and yeah. then I'm going to kill my brother, too. And then his brother pulls a gun out and shoots him. Which one is well for you? I don't know, because he wanted to live this life where he's like, I'm on my boat. I want to travel and live off the grid. Essentially. Mm-hmm. I don't want any attention. I don't want any attention. So he made that story could be true. Where he was like scared of headlines. Something happened. Mm-hmm. The girl gets killed. And he's like, it's going to be all over the news. I got to just get rid of everybody. And I'm going to take my boat and just. Go. Okay. And then his brother was Possibly. like, no, I'm going to shoot. And then, but he tried to attack his brother, but his brother had the gun, mm-hmm. shot him. But they said they found bullet holes. They said they found multiple bullet holes in the ship. Okay. When he brought, when his brother brought the ship back. Got it. He tried to repair the bullet holes they found. So it was like, hmm. either the brother could have shot everybody. And then threw him off. And just threw him off. Put, or him, put weights around him and threw him off. There were bullet holes. So he, somebody I didn't know that shot. part. So there were bullet holes on the ship. Bullet so bullets were, ship. Gun, bullets were fired. Bullets were fired. Okay. But the thing about the bullet holes is they that was never confirmed. It was a story told out there, but it was never in like documents yeah. where it was like this. So we don't that story, that you, the, the theory that you told could have been true as well. Where it's like no no bullets, no bullet shot. holes, and mm-hmm. he just forced everybody. Which is just shoot me. Yeah, no, leave me to shark infested. Get tired not, and drown, or get tired and get eaten. Get eaten. That's that's that's, that's not happening. Yeah, that's not, cold. No, 
So both died, so we don't we don't know. Yeah. Um there was we'll a, never know. We'll never know. And then there was a story went around where his brother, um what, I can't, what, I can't, Chad, is that Bro- Miles. Miles. Miles DeBoard. He was he was in, he, he was into these get rich quick schemes. Mm. And his brother was the financial mm, the backer. You know, backer mm-hmm. so he would go to go to him with all these little these different investments it's gotta like that. be so annoying and he said that bison got fed up yeah and was like you know that makes so I'm much not, sense to try to approach yeah. i'm on my vacation you i'm know. not i'm not doing this anymore and a fight could have broke out because mm-hmm. of that so and, bro what if i open up a chain yeah. of churro restaurants but what about what about the gold play he probably mentioned he probably brought up this plan mm-hmm. to get these gold things and that's why he signed his name because his name might have been the reason that he was getting some kind of money from a bank or something Possibly. Um, Possibly. Some kind of gold scam. Yeah. But they say his brother was always in these, hey man, let's do let's, this. Come on, man. Let me, let's, let's, we, you know what we should do? It's like, yeah. yeah. We. And it's like, as your brother, you go, the first couple you go, all right, man. That's, none of them are working. One of these has to work. You can't just keep coming to me and be like, look you at another million dollars. You can't go striking out on these, on these investments, man. And you don't respect the money. So you're like, come on, man, look at me at another million. Yeah. <laughs> I'm open up this sneaker store. My, I don't, I'm not an NBA anymore. You're digging into my funds. <laughs> You know, I have I, a plan. Right. <laughs> have a plan. I bought my catamaran. I'm living <laughs> off the grid. You, I'm letting you come on my boat. Yeah. You know, Bertrand is ha- nice enough to drive drive us around. Yeah. While we can lounge out on the boat, and you now you coming and me and me and my me and my lady out here drinking margaritas. You coming here? You asking me for money on the trip? I, I didn't bring you out here to ask me for money. Oh, that's how you feel. Oh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Everything I done for you. That, that makes sense to me. Yep. Like you just, uh, but so, but if that's what what happens, then you have to either go either they started fighting, yeah. or he pulled the gun out. Imagine you living in the shadow of your brother, and you're not make, you're not making as nearly as much money. No, as and you played, and you tried to do what he did. You tried to do, and you just failed. And, and he won a ring with MJ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not like he just. I, I played a little longer than you in the NBA. Uh, no, he got a ring, and Michael yeah. Jordan knows his name. Like yeah. it's the com- the polar opposite. And it's like, I don't have as much money as you. I'm trying to find a way to kind of create my own path or whatever, and I need your help. And it's like all my all my things failed. And it's like. Now you don't. Now I don't have any other options. Now you don't want to help look how, me. Look how lucky you are. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want to help me now. Okay, well, fuck you. And yeah. that's I have a that's yeah. that's a perfect way for us to close it out because I I found this quote and I wanted to read it because okay. it's what I believe happened. So it's a quote from Aristotle and it says, "Jealousy is both reasonable and belongs to reasonable men, mm. while envy is base and belongs to the base. For the one makes himself get good things by jealousy." while the other does not allow his neighbor to have them through envy. So basically what that quote is saying is jealousy is almost like a motivator. You're yeah. like, oh man, I wish I, I got to get like him. I want that, yeah. But envy is like, fuck him. Yep. Why don't I have that? Exactly. And that can boil over and it's dangerous. be volatile. Yeah. You know, so a little jealousy is fine. I got to get me a pretty girl. I got to get me a nice job. I need me a good car. Yeah. Man, I'm trying to get like him, but not he had it all. why does he have it? And I don't have it. Yeah. And fuck we, him. And we kind of like the same person. Yeah, I have all that. What, why is he so lucky and I'm not lucky? Fuck him. I should have that. Yep. That's envy. Yeah. And I think this is a case where you, you envy your own brother. Cain yeah. and Abel. You know? Yeah, he won a championship with Michael. But the, arguably the greatest player that played. Then the he game. left the $36 million on the table. You that's know that hurt him. Yeah, He's like, I could have you. You could have gave that to me. You could have gave that to me. Yeah, to start the pot pie business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to make homemade pot pies. And yeah, he did Madonna. No, it's no. That was probably the it threw him over the edge. Then he broke up with Madonna. He's just dating, you know, a regular a person. Regular girl, yeah, he's like, now. this is crazy, man. You're just dubbing Madonna for normal, everyday, regular, nice people. How dare you? Yeah, no. How dare yeah. you? I would never do that to Madonna. Right. Like, you never had a shot, bro. You never had a shot. Yeah, man. You never had a shot. He's not what, him. No, you're so, not him. He's not him. He's not. He was him, and he was dating her. 
No, that's any any dubbed her. Yeah. For just a nice pretty lady. Yep. No, man, listen. This is an absolute tragedy. These stories where it's like no bodies? Yes. It's it's, it's no it it's, does it's no it's no conclusion. It's tragic. Yeah. But you know, yeah, that was the story of uh Brian Williams, also known as uh Bison Dele, and the put the the possibility that his brother killed him, his girlfriend, Serena Carlin. And uh, the the ship's captain or skipper, whoever was riding the uh, driving the boat, Bertrand Saldo. Rest in peace to those three people. And you know, because we don't know, I'm gonna say rest in peace to Miles DeBoard. We don't know what happened. Um, and you know, he clearly was going through his own things. And so, yeah, I mean, that's rough, and that's a rough shadow to live in, and that's that's tragic. But you know, if he did do it. Hey man, fuck you, man. I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, that's really fucked up to do yeah. that to your brother who looked out for you a lot. But, um, Fran, before we get out of here, what are you thankful for? I've been off all this week. Okay. So I've had a chance to, I haven't had like a week off in like a year. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm thankful for like to being able to spend time with the family. Like I've been home every day doing like, being like the, uh, what is it called? The um, home dad stay type at home, of, stay stay home, home dad, dad type mm-hmm. of role. So mm-hmm. the, I always get, a, you know, whenever I get a chance to do that, it's always fun where I get, you know, get the kids out, you know, to get Sophie out of school, go pick them up from the bus and just to hang out just at home. Um, they're always happy to see me home, which is always a great feeling because sure. I'm always at work. But I'm happy to just be able to spend time with family and um, just having a job where I can do that. Have a vacation. Having a, a week. J- having a job. Having a job and like I can kind of forget about it. And then when it's time to. Lock back in, I can go, okay, well, it's time for me to go back to work. Yeah. And then, you know, keep on living my life. But uh, I'm thankful for that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm, so. uh, I'm thankful for warm days. You know, warm it's, days. Uh, just, you know, like not 87, 76. I just think Dang. so much gets, it's, it's, it's like, it's such a good motivator to just go out and do things that you make memories. You make memories on 76. Is there anywhere in the world where it's like, that's the weather all the time? Like, yeah, for sure. Um, that's kind of the reputation of California in the springtime. Like it's like Is high seventies, like mid eighties. Really? But like a, you mean like a, you could wear a little light hoodie at night. Type yes. Of oh, a dream. I could, dream. I don't know it. I don't know it, but like, cause like Caribbean type of places, like, um, anywhere where you Jamaica can like, or anything like that, it's going to be like 85. Yeah. Anywhere where you can you, you kind of wear anything you want. Kind of. Yeah. Like you could, you could layer up or not yeah. or wear a tank top or whatever you want. I don't know. Ah. Man, because I always heard if that, anybody knows that place, that's dream place. I, yeah, seventy six every day. I always heard that California was the spot like that, but people used to go. Well, they used to it. That's why they can wear hoodies, right? In the whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the degrees it is. I don't know. Sure, that's how Vegas is. I know people that live in Vegas that you know wear hoodies, but also Vegas is a desert, so at nighttime. We, it's cold. I couldn't. It was just it was couldn't very pinpoint weird. it. I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, you can't pinpoint. It's hard. I'm like, yeah, you got You got to You got to spend some time in Vegas to really be yeah. like, what? What do you do? <laughs> like. I'll tell you like this, in July, August, that yeah. time, you know what to do. Okay. If you can be butt naked, be butt naked. <laughs> it's like, it's hell. I used to live there, and it would, they, my grandmother had like a, um, a thermometer that hung outside, yeah. and it would be like 122 degrees. In like February? No. Oh, no, no. I mean, it's say. like, in February, it's actually nice. February is probably like, you know, it's the best 75, oh, and then at nighttime, but then at nighttime, it's like 30, because it's a desert, so the heat doesn't go into the ground. Mm. So oh. it, when it gets cold okay. at night, it's cold. Didn't know. But in the summertime, no, it's crazy. It's like, oh, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You get in the house and you just, everything, everywhere has misters. So you're always constantly wet. It's so hot. Yes. Like going to the grocery store is like. When we went and I was like, 
there is not a cloud in sight. I was like, no. what the hell is there's going no on? I mean, there's no water. There's no water. I've never seen anything like that. If exhausting. something went bad in Vegas, you're in the worst part. Like, if it, like the grid shut down, whatever, it's like, oh, there's no water. It's crazy hot. Like, you're immediately. Yeah. I said, where yeah. are the clouds? None. <laughs> they don't make it blue, over the mountains. It's man. just blue sky. I said, I've never seen anything mm-hmm. like this before. It's like, it's like a uh, simulation. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Beautiful place though I love it Oh yeah always You know and Great family memories there uh, But uh, this has been Another episode of Affirmative Murder I've been Alvin Williams Joined as always By my partner In true crime Fran So Evans And we'll see you guys next week Deuces Deuces